Good morning, class. Good morning, Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Faith is not this mystical, unknowable thing that some have thought. It's, it's actually very simple. It's trust in the Lord. It's reliance on Him. It's being convinced and persuaded of what He says. And so that's why the Scripture says that's how it comes. Faith comes by hearing. Uh, what's the purpose of, of faith school? We said your spirit gets fed. Well, what feeds your spirit? Spirit food. Uh, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In the book of Job, he talks about that the ear tries words like the tongue tastes food. And so uh, food for your physical body, you taste it with your tongue and your mouth. And food for your spiritual man, you taste it with your ears. <laughs> so you eat it with your ears. I know that sounds strange, but that's, the Bible talks about that. And Jesus said before, he said, let these sayings sink down into your ears. He said, take heed what you hear. He said, take heed how you hear. He said, for the measure that you meet to it, that's how it'll be measured back to you. In order to have faith in God, you must hold his word, the Bible, in the highest esteem. It must, you must attach great value to every word that he said. Elsewise, you'll read it and hear it and it won't mean anything to you. It'll just go past you. But if you esteem it, that's what he said, ever what you measure to it, how you measure it, that determines what comes back to you, the measure. And so uh, let's purpose to do that in our prayer right now. Father, we, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, our great teacher. We thank you for your holy words. You created the worlds with your words. And we thank you for every word that you have spoken to us. Give us ears to hear it. Give us hearts and eyes that see it and discern it and understand it. And we say, let your words uh, come into us and on us and, and be it unto us according to your words. Your words be manifested and bear much fruit in our lives. And we say, get glory to yourself in it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would turn in our great textbook, uh, the Bible, to Luke, the 14th chapter today, Luke chapter 14, we have been in a study for a number of weeks now that we're calling Faith for Healing. Faith works the same in every area, but it must be developed in each area. You could have strong faith that your sins are forgiven 
and that your name's in the Lamb's book of life and that you're going to be with the Lord, going to heaven when you die, and yet have no faith at all to be healed or no faith to be protected or no faith for your needs to be met. Well, uh, why would you have strong faith over here but not over here? Because you've heard the Word of God over here and you haven't heard it over here. And so you'll find that every church, every group uh, of Christians, uh, they have their strengths and their weaknesses. Why? Because they preach a lot about this, <laughs> right? But hardly anything or sometimes nothing about this. And this group may be reversed. But, you know, you put us all together <laughs> and you cover all the bases which is why you want to be open, not, not open to just anything, but open to the Word, open to solid teaching and preaching of the Word. And so how are we going to get faith for healing? By hearing about healing from the Word. And in the ministry of Jesus, he spent a lot of time ministering to the sick and the oppressed, a lot of time. And we have some 20 individual cases where we're given detail. Now, there are numerous uh, verses that say multitudes were healed, but it doesn't tell us who they were, what, what was wrong with them. But the Holy Spirit handpicked uh, 20 of these when we're told who they were, what was wrong with them, how Jesus ministered to them. And so these must be very important. For the Lord, uh, to, uh, the Holy Spirit to handpick them out of all these thousands and tens of thousands, they apply to everyone in every generation, in every time. And so we've taken them one by one, and we're down actually down to number 17 in our study of the 20. So if you're just now joining us, yeah, you missed the first 16. But good news, <laughs> good news, you can go online. Go to the website, faithschool.org, and you can go back to the first one. And you can take your time. You can watch them, listen to them one at a time, ten at a time. won't cost you anything. There's no charge. Uh, but let's, let's go into now this number 17, and it is the healing of the man with dropsy. You might say, dropsy, what is that? Well, hold on. We go, we'll get there. Uh, chapter 14 and verse 1, it says, It came to pass, as he, Jesus, went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. Jesus answered, answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? If you've been with us in these studies, have we seen this before? We have seen this over and over and over again about this healing on the Sabbath day. It was quite the issue. And we talked about it some in last week's accounts. We're going to continue talking about it. There's a reason for this. You know, if the Lord could have ministered to these people a day before... <laughs> Or a day after, he would have avoid, avoided all the controversy with these leaders. Now, I say that he might have avoided it on that point. 
but there would have been other issues because they just didn't receive him. But uh, he, he did this on purpose, and he, he did it by the direction of the Father, by the Spirit. He said, I only do those things I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. So um, God the Father did this on purpose through Jesus. What? This healing on the Sabbath day, on the day of rest. So he, he asked the question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Uh, but they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go. And, and answered them saying, which of you? shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day. Now we've seen this before. This is actually the third instance, third time in these healing accounts where this very, uh, the Lord gave this very comparison. Third time. If something's found one time in the Word, it's important. So we, we should pay close attention to this. The Lord gives this as an explanation of why he's ministering healing to this, this man and why he's doing it now and here. He said, which of you uh, shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him again to these things. Uh, at this point, there's actually similarities between this one and the previous account we read in the previous chapter, chapter 13 of Luke. And notice that it says, uh, when he asked them, is it lawful to heal, they held their peace. They didn't say anything. And so then when he said, which of you, you know, got a, a donkey or, or a cow and you won't let them out, and, and they couldn't answer him, verse 6. And so we're going we're gonna to get into that a little bit more later, but... Uh, the wisdom of the Spirit of God cannot be countered. Hallelujah. The, Lord, the Lord's wisdom is such that it can have such weight that opponents are silenced. Isn't this something? <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and it had gotten to that point with him. Why? Because uh, some of their colleagues... And maybe some of them were in some of those previous things, were shown up and were embarrassed by their comments and his response. They thought they had him pushed back in a corner. They thought they were going to entrap him in his own words. And they were the ones that wound up, so to speak, with egg on their face. When it was, you know, <laughs> because the, the Bible said the common people heard him gladly. And, and that's because most of them in that day couldn't read or write. And so they're completely dependent on the doctors of the law and the Pharisees to tell them what the Word says. They couldn't read it for themselves. And they, you know, you could tell that they didn't, they weren't happy with some of the things, but they didn't know how to counter them or say them. But Jesus would say, it is written, and he would show how wrong they were in their interpretation, and you can just hear all the people going, yeah, yeah, that's right. that's what we thought. <laughs> but, oh, it infuriated the Pharisees and doctors of the law. Oh, man, it, 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 they wound up 
in a murderous rage. They wanted to kill him. They wanted, and, and eventually uh, you could say they did. They, they were involved in getting it to that point. Of course, we know God had a bigger plan. Hallelujah. And it was to save us through it. But um, you, you'll find the biggest uh, opposition that Jesus encountered was religion. And it's still that way today. It's still that way today. The biggest enemy of true relationship with God is religion and men's ideas about God and religious traditions that have usurped and supplanted and replaced the Word of God. Uh, there's a lot of people, and maybe you're watching right now, and this is a new thing for you, and, and, and have thought and said, you know, I, I hate religion. Uh, I do too. Men's ungodly religion that is con contrary to the Word of God, I despise it. It's taken millions of people away from God. And it's mean. It's cruel. Uh, religious people who don't know God, they are cruel. They are judgmental. And, and they will beat you down and give you scripture why it's okay to try to justify themselves. Oh, it's, it's devilish is what it is. The, the enemy quotes scripture. Have you read? Yes. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness uh, situation, uh, the enemy was quoting scripture to Jesus. And, and some of it he's quoting correctly, but he's trying to twist and misapply it. And so you can find, um, you know, scriptures, a half a scripture here and a half a scripture there, and twist them and try to make it say anything you want to. But that doesn't mean that's what God was saying. And the Bible talks about um, the spirit of God and the spirit of faith. And God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and love and sound mind. Um, we're not supposed to be uh, just meticulous about the uh, letter of the word. We need to get the spirit of it. What, what, what was God saying? What's the spirit of it? And you'll find that in the mouth of two or three witnesses. That'll keep you from taking half a verse and trying to make it say something it didn't say. Uh, keep it in context. So many false doctrines would have been prevented if people would have just read the verse that came before it and the verse that came after it, right? So many false doctrines would have been prevented. But religion, men's religion, is the outright enemy of God. So don't equate religion with God. In fact, there are many false religions in the world that actually promote the worship of false gods, those who are no gods at all. And it's sad that people are praying to statues and they are counting beads and spinning wheels and doing all kinds of things that will never get an answer to prayer. These statues, these rocks, these have, they're not alive. They can't hear. They're never going to answer a prayer. But there is a living God. 
Oh, hallelujah. There is a living God. And when you're born again, this is one of the greatest mysteries and most glorious things. The Bible said Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is that? The living God lives in me. Hallelujah. This is not some dead, just theological, literary, uh, mental thing. No. Say it out loud, class. The living God lives in me. Oh, come on. Say it again. The living God lives in me. Oh, and he's powerful. And he, he really does know it all. And he's right about everything. And he will tell you and show you and give you and minister to you just what you need for right now. But you've got to break away from the, uh, the, the ignorance of foolish men and the pride of men that think they know so much and don't know God. So I said, well, how do I, how do I separate all that? It's, it's not that hard. There's a book. I said, there's a book. There's a book. And we know this book is the inspired word of God. Now, if you think, well, I don't, I don't know that I know that, give it an opportunity. Open your eyes and begin to feed on it. And you'll find it's not like any other book that you have ever read or ever heard. It is perfect. It, uh, how? If you begin to look in the, in the early part of it particularly and through the rest of it, prophecies that were given thousands a year, of years before the events took place are precise to the nth detail. How? 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 It's coming from some source outside of this limited physical realm. It's coming from someone who can see the end from the beginning. Oh, hallelujah. It's, it's not like any other book. It is the God-breathed Word of God. And so the more of this book you have in you, it gives you perspective and you have something to measure and compare everything else to to see if it's right or not. The more ignorant of this you are, the more easily fooled you are the more easily tricked and deceived you are. So get yourself in this book. Get, get, get yourself in here. It'll protect you. It'll keep you. It'll, Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they're spirit and they are life. Proverbs says, if you find his words, they are life to those that find them and they are health and medicine to all their flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Which is why, uh, you know, what do we do in faith school every class? Well, we never do it without this, right? There is no faith school without this. Uh, We start faith school and in faith school with this, 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 everything based on this. This tells us how to think, tells us what to believe, tells us what to say. Every part is covered. And so Jesus kept encountering religion. It's a, uh, it can be a deadly thing if you don't know the truth. Let's back up to verse 1. It says, It came to pass as he, Jesus, went to the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread 
on the Sabbath day that they watched him. One thing that's interesting to note, the Amplified says it like this, it occurred one Sabbath when Jesus went for a meal at the house of one of the ruling Pharisees. So he, he went for a meal to have, I don't know, lunch, dinner. He, he went to have a meal at uh, not just the Pharisee's house, but a head Pharisee, ruler of the Pharisees. Why would he do that? And notice that it's not just an entirely uh, friendly environment. It says, and they were watching him. They watched him. And the we, we've seen this in other accounts. They were not watching him in a friendly way. They were watching him to see how they might catch him in something that they could uh, get him in trouble with the authorities. And, um, you know, eventually that's what they, they did. They, they got him in trouble uh, in their mind with the high priest who turned him over to uh, Pilate, got him in trouble with Pilate. And one of the Pilate didn't want to uh, prosecute Jesus. He, he, he tried several different ways to get out of it. And, and at one point he said, uh, I don't find any fault in this man. You take him. Do and they said, no, no, he, you know, he ought to die. And, and finally, well, why did he override that? Because they said he makes himself a king. And, and we have no king but Caesar. Oh, wow. Any other day, you couldn't, have got, you couldn't have beat them and got them to say that, you know, because they hated the Roman oppression and rulership. But on this day, they're saying, oh, no, Caesar's our king. We only got one king, Caesar. And if you, uh, you know, allow this, then you're not Caesar's friend. Uh-oh, that's dangerous talk. Yeah. That's Pilate is not Caesar's friend. He knew that couldn't get back to anybody. And that's when he went ahead and turned him over to be crucified. Political fear. Fear is a terrible thing, isn't it? People make the worst decisions out of fear. Uh, you make the best ones out of faith, though. <laughs> but uh, he went there to have a meal. And why would he do that? Why would he do that? Well, you know, the Lord... Uh, he, he said on another occasion, he said uh, that he's not just come to call the righteous to repentance, but the ungodly. And it's not just the healthy that need a doctor, <laughs> but the sick. And so uh, Jesus came to save the ungodly. And these guys qualified. <laughs> and he's there to help everybody. And uh, how did he wind up? at this meal, at this person's house, he, he got invited uh, somehow. And would he not discern that maybe their motives weren't entirely good? Sure, sure he would. But there are times the Lord will deal with you to go anyway. You just need to be led by the Spirit because there are times and situations that people will invite you or try to, you know, allow you to be a part of something. And their motives are not pure and not good and not right. And a lot of times you'll know that and you'll know, well, no, I don't need to go. I don't need to be a part of that. But there are times 
the Lord will impress you. No, go. And he, he wants you to go for reasons sometimes you don't know. But we are to be living witnesses. And there are times where the Lord will have, uh, he'll have his witness even when he knows people are going to reject it. And because there will be time to come. And this is, this is a sobering thought here, but there will be time to come even past this life when people will be staring at judgment and they'll say, it's not fair, it's not fair. You know, we never had an opportunity. And the Lord will say, that's not true. And he'll remind them of uh, who he had crossed their path and what he had them say to them. And when they had opportunity to hear the word and to hear uh, the gospel. And, and so uh, because of that, the Lord sends the messengers and the witnesses and the message at times and situations where he knows people won't receive it. He knows they're not going to receive it. And he does it anyway because he's going to have his witness. He's going to have his witness. And then there will be, uh, Romans talks about this, yea, let God be true and every man a liar that you might be justified when you are judged. That's talking about people judging God. You say, what? Yeah, there are people doing it right now, shaking a fist that God's not fair. And this is not right. And it's going to be shown and demonstrated that God was absolutely fair. How many believe it? It's going to be shown. And all the blasphemers and all the naysayers and those that railed against God and judged God, they are going to be shown. And I think in some cases in front of everybody are going to be shown they are the liar. They are the liar. God never failed. God was never unfair. He was never unjust. He never did anything uh, cruel or unfair or not right. He is the righteous God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he is now out of his graciousness giving everybody everywhere multiple opportunities. People are rejecting them. They're ignoring them. But they're coming. I said, they're coming, these opportunities to hear and to believe and to receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's another one right now. Right here, if you're watching and you haven't received Jesus, I want you to say it out loud. Father God, I believe in you. I believe on Jesus. I accept all he has done on the cross to save me. I believe you have raised him from the dead and he is alive right now, soon to return. King of kings, Lord of lords, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the greatest decision you ever made, my friend. That's the difference between heaven and hell, life and death, light and darkness. Oh, praise God. Isn't it wonderful to be on the winning side? Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful to be in the eternal family of God? 
And our time's up again for today. As you see, we just got this introduced. Come back with us tomorrow and we'll find out how this man got healed. We'll see you soon right here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 